Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host Jason Knight and on this week's episode, The Dad Test, we talk entrepreneurship. How does someone go from studying economics to software development? How does someone go from software development into founding a business and using some of those fantastic product principles that we all know and love? How is it working on an MVP when your dad's the first customer? When will we see our guest on the stock exchange making millions? For answers to all these questions and more, please join us on One Night in Product. So my guest tonight is Matt Wilkinson. Uh, Matt's a software developer turned company founder, living out of his suitcase in the UAE. Founder of Zenquiries, the best support solution for Shopify. His LinkedIn profile tells I ship things. Hi, Matt. How are you doing today? Hey, Jason. It's nice to talk to you on this podcast. Thank you for interviewing me. No problem. I hope it's as good for you as it is for me. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into Zenquiries and kind of what the company's doing, Tell me a bit about your background. I understand that you started out as a developer. You've uh, you've got uh, an MSc in computer science. So can tell me a little bit about your, your background as a developer and, and the types of things you were doing. Yeah, my background as a developer, you're right. I, I did an MSc in computer science. Actually, uh, before that, I did a, um, an undergraduate in economics. And I just graduated in 2008 in a financial crisis, and I suddenly realized I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get any jobs as, a, as an economic, uh, economist at that time. So I was teaching myself programming, and I quickly figured out that actually I could definitely get a job as a programmer much easier than an economist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, re- I reskilled and actually taught myself programming for iPhone apps as well, which was a bit different at the time because it was still a bit unclear whether iPhone programming would be so successful. But by the time I'd finished my MSc, I was already quite proficient in programming mobile apps and quickly found uh, jobs all over the place. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a bit of a leap, though, kind of going from the kind of the economics into, I mean, I, say, I know you say you were self, self-taught, but like, did you do any kind of computer stuff before that? Or was it literally at that point that you, that you started getting interested in, in this stuff? Yeah, I, I was always really interested in um, computers. In fact, my, my dad's a, um, a programmer, programmer himself. I just, I just didn't study it uh, in my undergraduate. And so I, I was like always sort of playing around with computers, did a little bit of um, programming on the side, but n- nothing really serious. And I, I loved Apple. Like, Apple, like I really liked the Macs. Um, I had a PowerBook G4, and uh, listening to Steve Jobs was always like really exciting when he would give the uh, WWDC keynotes. So yeah, and that's really why I went into the iPhone programming world because of the Mac. So obviously, coming from that background, and 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 as you say, kind of having this pick of all these different ch- uh, types of job that you can get uh, as a, as a, as a developer. You then decided to start a company, yeah. uh, which is Enquiry. So what made you decide to start a company? I mean, you just spoke about Steve Jobs. I don't know if you found him an influence or uh, if there are other kind of key people, but what made you take that leap? I think, I think the key thing is I never felt comfortable just being a developer. I, I love programming, but I always felt like I was missing out on the bigger picture of things, which was the product development side, uh, like coming up with an idea figuring out the user interface, figuring out what customers need and what works better. All these things, they weren't being 
really exposed to me just as a software engineer. I, I would see things more on the side of, here's what we've got to build, build it really well and make sure it doesn't have any bugs, which is all really interesting and fascinating. Like building good quality software is a real challenge and there's a lot to learn in it. But after a while, because I've been doing it now for like nearly 10 years, I think, I just started to get a little bit like, uh, I want to do more. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you've almost become like that. Is that kind of product manager's journey from developer to product manager? I mean, obviously, you're not just a product manager because you're also running the entire company, but it's that kind of product hero's journey in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I've got to do next with inquiries is to figure out how to delegate things ha. yeah because i can't it can't just be uh me because currently you know it mostly is so i'm i'm building stuff and doing it uh not i do hire people for the, the designs and the um the work on the branding and stuff but uh, a lot of it is me and i want to try to figure out how to grow a team as well which will be the next next challenge yeah, so that's the whole kind of almost then moving into how to build a company culture and stuff like that, which I guess you don't really have to worry about at the moment since you're still kind of very foundational. But it's something that you're going to need to think about as you kind of push out. Yeah, yeah. First one, need to get customers. I mean, like, so <laughs> I, I, I feel like my my goal right now, build a, a product that can pay for itself, you know, run, run, because it costs money to run to inquiries. It costs my time. So it needs to make some money. And so I'm, that's what I'm going to try and solve next. Okay. And you've, uh, you've moved and set up in, in the UAE. So I understand from previous discussions and, and interviews I've listened to with other people that the UAE is actually a pretty welcoming place for sort of startups and there's a lot of support from the government. Is, is that true? Has that been really helpful for you over there? Well, I, 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 would, I would say that's, that's definitely a possibility. I haven't seen that just yet myself i'm i'm keen to explore it yeah there there is i mean the uae is trying to grow into digital startups and digital businesses and i can see that so we'll see how how it goes have you been looking at a talent pool over there already is a is a like quite a good uh, sort of startup talent scene over there or again is that something that you've not yet needed to look at I haven't looked at it in detail, but I, I do know that there are startups here, particularly in the kind of finance world. I think there's a lot of like fintech startups. I haven't, I haven't seen any that I know of that are in customer support and e-commerce, but maybe, maybe I could be the first, you know. So. There you go. So first mover advantage. Yeah. But be, be careful of the fast followers. <laughs> so... What gave you the idea for Zenquiries in the first place? I mean, how how did you start down down the kind of customer customer service, customer inquiry route? Was that something that you were passionate about before? Is it something that came to you in a dream? I mean, how, how did that start? <laughs> yeah, it seems like a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Basically, it actually started with a requirement from my dad, who's a uh, watch repairer, and he he deals with a lot of. I mean, it's, it's a side hobby for him. It's not his main job. So he works with people all around the world repairing watches, a specific type of watch, a Seiko watch um, movement, and just uh, organizing his conversations in a way that worked with his repair process was the goal of Zenquiries. So I figured let's build something with a kind of a board 
that let him move tickets across with different states of the uh, repair process. And then you could click on a ticket and then see the conversation. And that conversation was mostly done through email. So it had to integrate with his uh, inbox. And that was like MVP of send queries. And then, and then basically later on, I, I'd, I'd joined a co-working space uh, in Bulgaria and I, I lived there for a while. And I, and I got to in contact with a lot of people who were actually selling things online uh, through like drop shipping and Shopify, uh, Amazon. A lot of people were being amazingly successful on these platforms. And I just spoke to a couple of guys and they said, yeah, hey, you know, this send queries thing could be useful for us. So why not integrate it with Shopify? And that's how the next step of Zenquiry started were building a support solution for e-commerce uh, on Shopify. Excellent. So how long did it take you to set that original MVP up when, like, when you were just working with your dad? Was, was that pretty quick or, or did it take, take a while? Or? Yeah, it actually took way longer than like I originally <laughs> did. I thought it would just take a couple of months and then boom, build. But because like my tech experience wasn't fully aligned with what we were building, uh, I had to learn like a whole new bunch of technologies because I was mostly a mobile developer, like I mentioned. Yeah. So the tech stack on that was like way different to what I was used to well, now building on Zenquiries. So I learned like Golang on the back end, front end is all like React. And of course, when I originally built it, it was just terrible code, like really hacked together, needed a lot of refactoring, rebuilding. And uh, I think it took about 12 months to fully ship like something that was respectable enough to like properly use <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah was that just for your dad at that point or did you had you already spoken to these other people and the other people that ah uh, yeah for for uh for my father it was actually probably about six months i think to build that yeah and he was using it for his communications and orders and then we basically went through like more iterations afterwards to figure out the UI and how to build a better product. And that, so that was after you'd spoken to these uh, people in Bulgaria and started to have these additional ideas about maybe taking it on or? Yeah, that, that happened around December in 2019. It was version one on Shopify. Um, so I think it started in February 2019 is when I first like coded on Zenquiries and then about four or five months later it was ready for sort of beta with dad and then December at the end of the year uh, ready for Shopify people. Nice and is it just Shopify you're concentrating on now or do you also have integrations with other uh, e-commerce platforms as well? Right so I'm going to focus 100% on Shopify for probably the next six months I think get that like really really good integration with Shopify and we've like I I do know that a couple of people that I'm speaking to sell on Amazon and they actually have stores simultaneously on Shopify and Amazon so I it was wasn't I wasn't aware that people would sell like this but it, it actually makes loads of sense you know you'd sell things on multiple platforms so having a support solution that would work with the two of them would, would be really good because, you know, you, you don't want your communications coming through one thing and then uh, another thing for a different channel. And it, it makes sense to integrate them all together. Yeah, it makes sense almost like a one platform to rule them all at some point. 
but this is an interesting thing, right? Because obviously you've come from the development background. You've, you've spent a lot of time building the platform and, and, and making it as, as good as you can. But now you've got to, I think you touched on it early. Now you've got to go and sell it, right? Yep. And is that something that comes naturally to you? Is that something that, that, that you're having to learn on the job? How are you going around, for example, or how are you going about actually running a company and, and kind of marketing a product? Yeah. So I think I'm at the stage now where it's a bit like eating glass and staring into the abyss. <laughs> so That's, That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, like uh, selling things and marketing, these are all like completely alien to me. I don't know how to do it. But yeah, I'm learning on the job and publishing. I started with like a little like product blog where I uh, do like news updates trying to share it on LinkedIn, try and reach out to people on all the platforms I can. I'm trying, I'm trying to spend as much time as I can on the product side and, and listening to customers. I think that's probably the most important thing. And custom, the people, or well not customers, users, the users I have, listening to what their concerns are and building solutions that meet their needs is like 90% of my effort. But I'm spending a bit of time on the marketing side as well yeah and I'm, I'm just looking at, at your site now and, and looking at your pricing plans and obviously you've got your, your, you're kind of going for a freemium model as far as i see and you kind of have your forever free plan which i guess you've got a bunch of people on now yeah um it, it, and then presumably upselling as as usage increases is, is that have you got people moving up through the tiers yet or is it still very much about that kind of expansion and, and getting the reach yeah no, no one's paying for inquiries currently everyone's on the free tier but yeah, the goal for me is to make sure that users are happy with Zenquiries and, and it's solving their needs and I'm providing value for them. So as long as I can see that value is provided from my side, and I, then, then I'm happy. So when, when it reaches a threshold of like, I've got so many users, I can't deal with you know, them all being free. We need we need to make sure that like someone's paying for this. Then I'll do it, and um, we'll build some tools into Zenquiries. Like basically, we haven't got this currently yet, but build some sort of little dashboard that like tells you how many conversations you're having because the pricing is all based on how many conversations you've got. So if you're if you're on like you know a few conversations a month, then it's free. But you know once you start like hitting two hundred odd conversations, then you'll go to the the pay plan because you're a heavy user of inquiries, and obviously, well, my assumption is with with kind of a Shopify user base that you're kind of looking at the kind of small to medium business type market. Is that your is that your core target, or yeah, I mean, are, you, are you looking for like enterprise features at some point, or is that kind of still to TBC? Yeah, I I think right now is a really interesting time to launch a uh, support solution for Shopify because Shopify itself is really growing. Like if you look at their announcements, they're like absolutely great. And of course, the reason why is because we're all stuck in this uh, pandemic currently. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of people who are starting their own businesses online for the first time. And I think Zenquiries really fits in nicely with that because, you know, we're starting too. And uh, the pricing is very, you know, it's free essentially right now. And we're building a tool which hopefully will try and meet new businesses' demands in, in, in our current time. And when it comes to actually 
kind of doing your day-to-day work i mean obviously it's still very much focused around you and 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 the people that you're getting to help you but does that literally mean that you kind of just do whatever happens day to day or have you started to already fall into kind of any kind of process do you, and i mean do you, do you have any kind of frameworks or anything like that that you use or is it very much just what you think on a particular day because obviously you're you're the the main guy yeah i i use that an organization tool on github and so it's it's both the source repository for for zen queries but it's also a place to organize what we're doing and just put like tickets on a board and explore new ideas a lot of, a lot of it's actually just trying to figure out like uh what would bring the most value to um users and then experimenting figuring out like ha- how it works and those kinds of things there's no there's no defined process um yeah i guess that's that that'll be for when you start bringing in other people and and, and having like you say said earlier to sort of, sort of delegate and and, and and start not doing it all yourself or most of it yourself. So, I mean, when it comes to the other people that you're getting in to help you, is, is that just a case of getting contractors in sort of uh, specific tasks or are you already building a team up around you? I mean, I, it seems to me kind of maybe a little bit difficult if you're still kind of in that really early free stage to start just making loads of hires. But yeah, I also understand that you're kind of very much self-funded at the moment. So like, I'm assuming that you don't have infinite funds to start bringing a big team to help you scale. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. So for a lot of things that I can't do myself, I'll hire in people, then they're like contractors. So like the logos and the uh, graphics and branding stuff or any kind of marketing things that I'm trying to learn about, like Facebook pixel or something like this. <laughs> I don't have a clue about how to do that, but yeah. Um, might hire hire someone to help me with that and building a team yeah i want to do as well i think i think i'll be what trying to do that more once i know that there's um a customer base behind the inquiries because it's a lot easier to convince people to join the inquiries once you can say hey you know we're actually making some money and once i've got that then i think people will be very very excited to join inquiries i think and and there'll be a there's a huge uh, amount of talent out there that yeah you know, i really want to be working with some you know a star players you know to help me build inquiries so yeah so what are your plans for the future i mean obviously you're, you're you've got to the point now and, and you've got some sort of early users and, and getting some good feedback but obviously kind of as you just touched on there's this whole point of well you want to scale you want to start making some money you want to start getting some paid users on so what what, what what's the kind of next six to 12 months look like for you what, what, what are your plans yeah i i think about well like the thing i'm looking at the metric that i'm really keen to improve on is like retention so the next sort of 12 months is all about like making sure that the people that install Zenquiries stick with Zenquiries. So I think currently about 230 people installed Zenquiries. And I think we've got like about 47 active users currently. So right. I don't know what, what that boils down to, but like so if that's 20% a, or something. Right? Yeah, like 20% um, retention rate. And you know, really, I want to maximize that more and get 
you know, fifty percent retention rate or something because because it's that good of a product. And you know, probably by the end of the year, I'd imagine having a substantial base of users who are uh, using Zen queries on a active basis um, solving their customer support issues and then really starting to think about like how to monetize it Mm. and have you got like other big features that you're that you're currently looking at or is it very much about kind of steadying what you've got and and making sure that that's as solid as it can be definitely the second one as well but there are some new features too coming so i'm building integration with uh, shopify ping which allows uh, real-time chat, basically. So I, I figured, oh, you know, I could build my own chat myself, but this is going to take a huge amount of time and a lot of effort. And am I really adding any new value here? And I came to the conclusion, no. So what about if I integrate with uh, other solutions and then provide value on, this, on, the, on the organization tool that Zenquiries provides? And so Shopify recently introduced Ping, which is their chat widget that embeds into a store. And this, this would give, a, and a lot of our users are using Shopify Ping already, but they also wanted Zenquiries, which I found really interesting. So Ping, Ping solves the real-time chat part, but uh, Zenquiries solves the taking the, the support request into a ticket and, and tracking it across a, you know, the process of the support lifecycle. Yeah, building a mobile app as well. So that, that's coming out very shortly, a, na- a native mobile uh, app. Yeah. Going back to your roots, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like back to the future, back back to the beginning again, just a, yeah. just a different app this time. Yeah, It's interesting, though, because yeah. the um, the thing about the Shopify ping thing, which, uh, I mean, I'm not big on Shopify, so I'm obviously not seeing all of its all of its bells and whistles, but I think it's almost, it would almost seem to me like a, a, a dyed-in-the-wall developer would be, they just build their own thing because that's the cliche, right? Everyone wants to build their own thing. So I think it's really good and kind of almost showing showing your sort of journey into into product and, and business to, to yeah that you've taken taken stock, you've done like a solid build versus buy or build versus integrate journey, and and just decided not to do that, which I think is is interesting because again, I would have just assumed that you would have built that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it was tempting, believe me, because oh man, it's so it's a it's a fun technical challenge. But no, like uh, I don't want to do it. I'd rather integrate with Shopify Ping. Yeah, I mean, back in I remember back in back in the day when uh, when I was still sort of developing stuff full time and spending God knows how long just trying to make some like audio recorder for the uh, for for a web page or something like that, and basically building and pulling pulling it all together ourselves and. And yeah, it took forever. It always had problems. There was always bits that didn't work and platforms that it didn't work on. And and yeah, I think it's it's almost like let's is this our USP? No, let's let's just use someone else's. I think it 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 definitely makes sense. So um, obviously that covers Zen queries and and some of the the stuff that you've been doing so far. But just on the on the more yeah on the broader level, do you have any advice for any? Called aspiring developers turned entrepreneurs or anyone that's thinking about starting up a business at the moment like any any kind of nuggets of wisdom from from what you've learned so far <laughs> oh man yeah i interesting question um <laughs> it's difficult because i 
like I don't feel like I'm uh, like very successful. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, maybe I'm being successful in the fact that I'm trying, but like I can't say this from a position of like, hey, you know, made millions of dollars and I'm super successful uh, entrepreneur. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, like I, I think, I think, like you got to listen to if you have this inside you and you feel like I really want to be an entrepreneur and I really want to build a business then in my opinion, you should listen to that because it's kind of like, I don't know, life is quite short, right? You know, and I, I think it's good to live your authentic life and be who you want to be. And some people have this drive more than others. And I found that myself. I really wanted to build a business. Um, it's, a, it's a big part of me. And so the if you're building a business, it's because you're probably very motivated to do it. And you need a lot of motivation, because it's very difficult. It's not easy. You know, it might take you years to build a successful business. It doesn't happen overnight. And it takes a lot of determination. Yeah. And actually, that's that reminds me then to, uh, to ask you a question, which we kind of touched a little bit on earlier, which is, yeah, as a kind of budding entrepreneur and hopefully someone who's going to be very successful in in due course like who do you look up to in in the business kind of world like uh, pre- previous founders or or, or pre- previous people that have start, started things and and, and taken them on, on to success i mean you mentioned steve jobs but is there anyone else that that you really look up to or has really inspired you yeah so yeah steve steve jobs definitely when i was growing up uh really really uh, found him very inspirational and later on obviously i think nowadays it's elon musk you know he's he's just such a inspirational guy very doing things on so many important projects that needed to be built you know like you know electrification of vehicles going to space starlink you know the it's just crazy, and I find I think everyone finds that inspirational. And uh, what I like about his story is that you know it didn't just immediately go from doing all these things. He actually started in you know a software company. I think uh, PayPal was his real big first break, you know, and then you know pivoted and built all these other amazing things. So yeah, I'm like. I have lots of big ideas as well. I mean, not to the extreme that Elon Musk has, but like, you know, I feel like part of being a business owner is that it gives you the potential to do that. You know, that's why it's really exciting. You know, you can, when you have some capital, you can make that capital be productive and provide value to people. And that value creation mechanism is the exciting part of building businesses and uh, i guess the the flip side of that is is whether you'd want to take everything from elon musk's kind of pr catalog but i guess that's that's a different discussion but he's definitely a character and i and i don't know i don't know if that's something that that you'll see or that you see is something that you want to be kind of from a pr perspective like do you want to be that kind of that that kind of guy that that goes out there and, and effectively from time to time causes controversy or, or would you be someone who's more kind of keen to keep it under your hat? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not like, uh, 
I wouldn't say I'm anywhere similar to Elon Musk, particularly in this regard. <laughs> I, I'm not an actively person. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on very much social networks. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I like I like I like I like many other aspects of Elon Musk for sure. And and to be honest, the th- the controversial things he does are usually quite funny. To be honest, so <laughs> there's, there's a, he has a lot of humor, and I, I find that like is you know. It's, it's it's a positive aspect as well as some negative parts of it, but there's more positive than negative. Well, any 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 news or any publicity is good publicity, right? So yeah, um, I, yeah, I, yeah, things like him smoking the joint on air, and I still remember the, the smashing of the windows in the car and stuff like that. I just think, yeah, anything that makes you remember something is is got to be good, right? And That's unless true. it's yeah, I agree. This is actually like a crime. You know, it's just well, obviously smoking a joint is 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 a crime. But like, unless it's a crime that he's committing, like if he shot someone on on stage or something, that would <laughs> not be so good. But um, but but anything that just kind of keeps that energy up and 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 kind of keeps people talking, like the the the, the jokes on the people that complain about that, right? Because yeah. ultimately, he he's yeah. the one that's still being talked about, and he's the one whose companies are still in the news so i know i know it's so funny like i think uh all the stuff with the short selling of tesla just absolutely hilarious i think it i think he did like he was selling some like red shorts or something <laughs> and a flamethrower as well um, yeah, <laughs> brilliant and the, the, the naming of some companies is really funny like the boring company <laughs> what's the the coolest thing you ever built either either in Zenquiries or just before that, like the, the thing that you look back on and think, yeah, that was, that was a great thing that I built. That, that, that was a thing that I'd put on my CV. Hmm. Oh, what was the coolest thing I built? Um, I think now. <laughs> well, there are too many, there are too many cool things yeah. and you can't, you can't pick one. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I feel I've got to say Zenquiries is the coolest thing I built. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just based on the fact that like it's tying, it's the thing that I personally built is it's tying all these different things together, you know, the web, the backend and the mobile side. And I, I actually really find the whole process of technically, uh, at least from a technical perspective, communication is quite an interesting thing to solve on the internet. You know, it's, it's sort of like the, the the key thing about human beings is we like to talk, you know, that's why we're on this podcast right now. We're talking <laughs> on the internet, you know, recording audio, like these, these sorts of challenges are really interesting. No, it's, it's, it's good to kind of build a, a platform as well, I guess, rather than just a widget or something like that. Yeah. Well, thanks very much then for, for spending the time. It's been an interesting chat and, Obviously, we wish Zenquiries the the best uh, in the future. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye out. But how can people kind of keep in touch with you or or, or follow you? Are there any places, LinkedIn or other places that they can that they can follow you? Um, yeah, uh, I've got the Zenquiries dot com website, and also uh, on LinkedIn. Also got Twitter, so you can contact me on Twitter. I don't use it that much, but uh, I'm there. So. Yeah. There he is saying that he's not. You're, you're saying you're not on social media. Not reeling it all off. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I'll put the links in, in the description of the episode, and obviously people can reach out if they're if they're interested in following your journey. 
Thanks for your time. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thanks for listening as always. If you like this episode, we've got loads more covering a variety of topics that should be interesting to you as well, including technology, product management, product leadership, UX, diversity in tech, and, and much more. Feel free to shoot over to the podcast app of your choice and take a look and see if there's anything that takes your fancy. I'd also love it if you subscribed, rated, reviewed, and all the other good social proof stuff that, that we all know and love. Thanks very much.